along the lines of the way the Lord led me uh, to minister today, and I know you've probably heard a lot of stuff on communion and such as that, and and I'm sure every, everything you've read about it is good and all such as that. But but uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with how God gave this to me in my deer stand yesterday, and so uh, I, I I went out and I took I take my iPad out there and. I take my notepad, I take that out there and I spend my time in there because one thing about it in deer stand, there's only, there's actually only two things you can do. You can either sleep or you can sit and look, watch constantly or you can take advantage of that quiet time, no phones, no nothing. And so that's what I do. I go and I, I don't know how many books I read last year that I was trying to get read just sitting in a deer stand, just reading them. And, uh, and every now and then I will look up and just see if something might be out there. And, uh, but anyway, I, I kind of last night had to revise it a little bit because I had so many scriptures wrote down that, that there's a, I, there's no way I could get to them all today. So I kind of revised it a little bit and, uh, to try to help. But we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to start reading in verse 26. And, uh, and it says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." And, you know, I just want to kind of minister up to that point. And Jesus said some things in a... Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that at the end of the service or come back to the not exactly that particular passage, but another one just like it. And uh, I want to go, if you will, to St. John chapter 6. This is a... Uh, Jesus ministered here, and I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I have time. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I really don't have time to read the whole thing. And, uh, for the sake of, uh, what we're doing, uh, this morning. And, uh, I tell you what, Billy, could you put that up in the, uh, the Amplified Bible? And I am going to start reading. We're going to start reading in verse, uh, 26. And we're just going to read in the Amplified. And I won't, I'm not going to, I'll just kind of, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop and switch through and such that you'll just, you'll get an idea of what we're talking about. Jesus taught in John chapter, Six and lost hundreds, if not thousands, of his followers because of what he taught in John chapter six. He went on to start saying in, in verse twenty six. He said, "Jesus answered them, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, you have been searching for me not because you saw the miracles, miracles and signs, but because you were fed with the loaves and were filled and satisfied. Stop toiling and doing." And, and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and, uh, and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto eternal life, life eternal. The Son of Man will give, give, furnish you that, for God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. He said, start, he said, quit striving for the food that's just going to perish away, but start striving for that which has eternal effect on your life. Eternal effect on your life. And, uh, we're going to run down, let's see, let's see, see we're going to run down to verse 33. 
It says, for the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always or all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in me and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. You know, when he's talking about this, he's talking about food that will endure forever in your life. In in fact, remember when the devil tried to tempt Jesus in Luke chapter uh, 4 when he says, you know, uh, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Jesus done fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You know he had a physical body like ours. Of course, that's a supernatural fast you got to understand too. And so he literally, uh, 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 he told the devil this. He said, listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is referring to the Word of God as bread or food. Are y'all following me? The Word of God is very important. Y'all, y'all say, well, you, why do you always push for the Word? Because listen, if you weren't eating food, I'd push for you to eat. Because without it, you'd die. Amen? You ever seen people that, that won't eat and people's trying to shove stuff in their mouth, trying to get them to eat? And to the point, sometimes they have to put, uh, uh, feed them through veins and feed them through a tube to get food in. Why? Because they know without it, they are not going to survive. They're not going to make it. God knows this. If we do not feed upon the Word of God, if we don't have the Word of God, we're not going to make it in the spiritual life that we're endeavoring to, uh, uh, be manifested in our lives. And we're going to we be weakened. We're actually going to be like this. We're going to be weak in the spirit and strong in the flesh. So God wants you to be weak in the flesh and strong in the spirit. Are you following me? So he's sitting there talking about the bread being the word of God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life and I came down from God. I came down from God. So he said this, if you'll uh, uh, feed upon... Let's keep reading because I'm I'm getting ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of where I'm... Y'all know I'm skipping a lot. You ought to read this chapter sometimes. It's a lot of verses in it. Verse 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life that gives life the living bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm doing, the, God, I'm, I'm doing this sort of simple fact. We're taking communion today. And he said, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the man in the wilderness and yet they died. But this is a bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat it, that so that anyone may eat of it and never die. Thank God that we have eternal life. I myself am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for, uh, I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh or my body. He said, I'm giving my life for you. Listen to me. He says, I myself am the living bread. Let's go to 52. Then the Jews angrily contended with one another saying, how is it, how is he able to give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, unless you appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood. Unless you appropriate uh, his life and the saving merit of his blood. Now, th- this was freaking them people out. You know, it was freaking them out. Man, he said, you got to drink my blood, eat my flesh. I mean, uh, hold on. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not into that. But Jesus wanted them to understand something. Now, understand something too. Let me just throw that in there too. This in here too. They weren't born again. 
There are certain, some things that people are just not going to understand unless they're born again. They just got to be born again. You got to be born again. Why? You got to be, you got to be spiritually connected to the word of God. And he said to them, he goes on to say, he who feeds, listen to what he said, he who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has or possesses now eternal life and I will raise him up from the dead on the, on the, on the last day. He said, he who feeds on my flesh. Now I, I noticed when I read this that people just didn't start attacking him and start gnawing on his arm. If he had it, he said, hold on, you're getting the wrong idea of this. Huh? So he said, he, he who feeds on me. Did you know there's a feeding? Now listen to me. I'm, I was going to do this later, but Billy, go punch up uh, uh, St. John chapter 1. St. John 1.1. 1, 1. Put it in the uh, King James, right? The, our new King James. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the, he was in the beginning with God. Next. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Next. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Next. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So we find out that the Bible says Jesus is what? The Word. So if we took this scripture and says, He who feeds on me. So the only way we can feed on Him is if we're feeding on the Word. Right? We have to be feeding on the Word of God. So He said, He who feeds on my flesh, feeds on my Word, and drinks my blood has uh, has our eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. My flesh is true and genuine food, and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I, in like manner, dwell continually in Him. You know, the Word is all that Jesus is. Or Jesus is all the Word that says He is. So when we're feeding on the uh, Word of God, we're, we're literally feeding on what all Jesus did for us. It goes on to say in verse 57, Just as the living Father sent me and I live, through because of the Father, even so whoever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me, shall in his return, in turn, live through and because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna which our forefathers ate and did and yet died. He who takes this bread for his food shall live forever. You know, God has given us literally nourishment for our spiritual living. Amen. You can go to the feed store and buy cat food, dog food, cow food, horse food. Well, God gave us spirit food. Spirit food. I'm telling you. I heard somebody say uh, they saw a, a, a vision or something, and there was like a a, a, a wolf and a, a I don't know how how he put it. Uh, there was two uh, two uh, things fighting. And uh, when asked the question, which one's going to be the strongest, he said, the ones that you feed the most. So kind of if you feed your flesh the most, your flesh is going to be stronger. If you feed your spirit more, your spirit's going to be stronger. The whole purpose of us feeding upon the Word of God so that we can be stronger than the things that come against us. We have to be stronger. And I'm telling just like you work out in the natural, or I'll put it this way, just like some of y'all work out in the natural... 
to build up your bodies to be stronger. I'll tell you what, when you're reading the Word of God, you're building something on the inside of you that will be stronger than any attack that the devil brings against you. Amen? That's why he said, resist the devil and he'll flee. Well, you've got to be able to resist the devil. And you've got to know why you resist the devil. Amen? I, I said this not long ago. I haven't really preached on this. I actually preached very little of it at, at, at Galveston because I only had like 30, min- 30 minutes. You'd think you can preach a lot in 30 minutes. Well, I used to could preach everything in 15 minutes, but it's changed. And because uh, sometimes we hear uh, people, some, they'll get a report from the doctor and, and the first thing, if you're a Christian and you, you hear Christian faith teaching stuff like this, you get a bad report. One of the first thing we say, well, I don't receive that. I don't receive that in Jesus' name. They even throw Jesus in there on sometimes. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. And that's good. But how come you don't receive it? You a faith preacher, pastor? Yes, I am. But how come we say we don't receive it? There has to be a how come. You have to know why you're not receiving it in Jesus' name. I said, you have to know why you're not receiving it. In the name. You've got to know what the Word of God says. Here's the why too. Here's the why not. The why not is because I, what I found out about Jesus, that He took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses and my diseases, by His stripes I'm healed. Therefore, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hearing what I'm saying. Why? Because that's when you're eating the bread. Feeding on Jesus. They get in, well, we're going to take your house and we're going to take that. Well, I don't receive that name of Jesus. How come you don't receive it? Well, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I give and it's given unto me good measure. And you start saying the why. Well, that's the why. How come you're not receiving that? Anyway, I'm not preaching that this morning either. And so he said, I'm the bread. Verse 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. He is the, the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There's no profit in it. The words, truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. But still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. After this many, listen to this, after this many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. They literally did not understand what he was saying and they turned around and walked off from him. See, that happens to many people today. They'll, they'll hear something that they don't understand or something's not registering on the inside of them. Instead of pursuing to find out what he actually meant, they'll just, they'll just walk away from it. And that's exactly what they did. We don't know how many thousands of people walked off from Jesus that day. We don't know how many hundreds, how many ever it was. But I'm telling you something, because of what he said, unless you drink my blood, eat my flesh, you don't have any part here. And, uh, uh, and, and I am the bread of life. Well, the Word of God is the bread. In fact, the Bible even talks to us about the bread uh, as, as healing. Matthew 15, about the Seraphonician woman. He says, it's not good to give the children's bread to the dogs. I'm telling you, because the healing power of God was the bread to the children. That's why the Bible says the Word of God is medicine to all your flesh. you got to eat it. Yeah. I said, you got to eat it. What well, Jeremiah say? I found your Word, and I did eat it, and it became me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I found it in one translation, and I devoured it. I devoured it. 
Man, I locked on to it. You got to lock on to it. You have to develop a taste. <laughs> that don't sound good, does it? Uh, there's some foods you have to acquire a taste for. Huh? And listen to me, the smell of it don't help you. How many's ever got fooled by walking past a restaurant smelling the smell that was coming out of it? Everybody's saying, no. But what it does do is it creates a hunger for you to even go and find out what's going on in that restaurant. Huh? But even then, unless you order something and sit down and actually start devouring, it's not going to help you. Huh? It's, it's kind of like this. Don't, don't nobody get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just preaching right now. It's kind of like going to, to church and man just saying, man, I love the praise and worship. Glory to God. I'm, I, that was so wonderful. It, well, I, thank God for it. And we need to praise the worship. Don't get me wrong. But when the word starts coming forth, I don't think I want to, I don't think I like that. I don't like that. Well, listen to me. That's where, that's where you got to eat. I said, that's where you got to eat. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning anyway. Huh? I like the aroma that's in the atmosphere during praise and worship and prayer. And I, I love that. I, and, 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 and listen, when you're praising and worship, it's affecting you. Don't get me wrong. There's power in praise and worship. You ought to be a praise. You ought to be a worshiper. But I tell you what, when we have the Word presented, and it's, do you know I sit down to read the Word, just me and, me and the Holy Ghost in the Bible. And I still sometimes say, ooh, Lord, looky here. I got to change. <laughs> Huh? I, I, I don't usually sit down and read the Word of God and say, Whoo, that's good. So-and-so's got to change. Because that's the easiest thing to do. I, I'm getting the Word of God, and I'm, my mind is thinking about what somebody, somebody else needs this. But you know, they may need that, but so do you. I said, so do you. I mean, I, have, I preach sermons for it, and they say, i got to get that one for so-and-so. Now listen to me, don't get me wrong. It's not saying they didn't get nothing out of it. It meant something to them and they thought somebody else needs to hear this. Now that, that's the right way. But to eliminate you from the equation? That's not right. You gotta say, my God in heaven, I, I, I'm gonna make the adjustments I need to make. Glory to God, I, I'm coming to church to feed on the word, to feed on Jesus. What verse did I quit on? After this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their own associations, and no longer accompanied God. Did you know, I'll just throw this out there real quick. There's a lot of people that went right back to their old associations, and they're not following Jesus. And they're not following Jesus. But it's to your benefit to follow Jesus. Jesus said to the twelve, Will you also go away, and do you too desire to leave me? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words the message of eternal life. Where else can we go? You have the message. You have the word. Now let me, let me just say this real quick. I'm, I'm going to go to the blood. Here's the deal. How many thinks that Peter and the other 11 had any more understanding of it than the others? They probably was a freaking out just like them. They eat, his, eat his flesh, drink his blood. What is he doing? 
But yet they knew this. We may not have a full understanding of what he's saying, but I'm telling you, he has words that have changed our lives. He has the word that is ministering to us. He preaches as one having authority or someone who knows what he's talking about and believes what he's saying. And so we're going to... I tell you what, Jesus... They didn't say this, but they probably was thinking it. We don't understand either, but I'm telling you what, we're not going backwards, we're going to go forwards. Glory to God, we're going forward in this thing. We're going to stick with you. Glory to God. You know, sometimes the devil wants to drag you backwards, drag drag you back down the pathways that you came on that was literally killing you, destroying you, and pull you back into those old associations that you did all the crazy things with. And literally what he's trying to do, he's trying to go ahead and take you out. And if he can't take you out and destroy you, at least he can do is get you away from the life giver. Huh? And so they said, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're going to stay with you. And we have learned to believe and trust more that we have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. So they just decided, you know, we're going to stick with you. Let me just say to everybody in here, it's to your benefit to stick with Jesus. Just stay with Him. Stay with Him. Hallelujah. Keep reading the Word. You don't understand it. I don't understand that. Just keep reading it again. Read it again. Huh? There's certain foods I do not like, but there's certain foods that I actually have acquired a taste for. Sometimes I use Have you ever ate something you said, that don't taste good? So you get another bite? You said, not me. I never eat again if I don't like it the first time. But no, no, no. Just think, if you ever ate something, they said, let's try, just try, just try, please, just try it. Okay, I'll try it. And you take a bite, and you say, that's nasty. Try it again. So you try it again, and it's almost like it had a different taste the second time. Sometimes you acquire a taste for it, and you say, I really like that. You know, the Word of God brings correction in our life. Did you know that? Some people think God corrects us through sickness and disease, poverty, lack, circumstances, situations, but He don't. He corrects you through His Word. The Bible says the Word was given for correction. And so here's why sometimes we have a problem with the Word, because it's trying to bring correction to improve our lives. Huh? Listen, God's corrected me many times. Many times. I don't preach all my convictions. But I'm telling you what, God has corrected me when I've read the Word of God, corrected me when I've read the Word of God. I've made the adjustments, and finally, and you know, when you make, why am I saying all this? When you make the adjustments, it's not so bad to go back over and eat that Word again. Huh? Because you made some adjustments. Hallelujah. And then Jesus talked about this is my blood, which is shed for you. And uh, when He said it was for remission of sins, it was uh, remission means freedom. It means pardon. It means deliverance. It means forgiveness. It means liberty. Acts twenty twenty eight. Now, I'm a, uh, Billy, I'm gonna let you uh, uh, punch it up. There. I'm not gonna uh, for the sake of time. I'm gonna let let you do that. And uh, Acts twenty twenty eight. It says, "Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you bishops." And guardians to shepherd, tend, and feed, and guide the church of the of the uh, of the Lord, the, of the Lord. I'm looking at this as an angle. 
He said, the church of the Lord are, are, are of God, which is obtained for himself, buying it back and saving it for himself with his own blood. See, the blood of Jesus was the currency in which bought you. Amen? It was the currency in which bought you. So when he talked about his body being bread, he talked about his blood uh, being drink. I'm telling you, we've got to understand the elements of what communion is and what Jesus did when he gave his life, when he shed his blood, because by his blood we have been saved and we've been washed and cleansed. In fact, in Revelations 1-5, the Bible says this, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So the blood of Jesus was the cleansing agent. It washed us and cleanses us. The blood of Jesus is very important, and we are to always... Uh, I, I heard, I think it was Billy Brim said, if you'll make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. And so making much of the blood of Jesus, I love the uh, the songs about the blood. I, 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 In fact, I thank God for the blood of Jesus that covers our family on a daily basis. I thank God that that blood has a has a, a, a the the protection in it, and and uh, we thank God for that blood. And, and you are to always acknowledge, acknowledge the blood of Jesus in your life. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. And so by His blood, the blood of Jesus, we've been justified. Justified means declared innocent. Declared innocent. I like to say it like this, or be righteous. And I've heard this said, and I just take it up too. It's kind of like when you're justified, it's just as if I had never sinned. Just as if I had never sinned. Did you know when you're washed in the blood of Jesus, you have no past? Sometimes we have a hard time with that. You say, why? Why is that? Because the blood of Jesus has washed it away. I said, it's going to wash it away. Have you ever had somebody come up that's been born again, that's repented, and they're still trying to pull up from their past 20 years back? Well, I tell you what, I've done so many bad things in my life. Honey, when you repent, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, that precious, powerful blood washed all your sins away. In other words, they're not even recorded in heaven, and if they had been, they wiped out. Are you hearing me? That's the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood. It's powerful. I'm telling you, so we are to be recognizing the power that's in that blood. I've been justified by faith. Washed in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So we have freedom and redemption through His blood. Listen, when we talk about the communion table and we talk about communion, how many knows communion means fellowship? It means fellowship. We call it the Lord's table or the Lord's supper, but we also call it communion. That means we're realizing that there's something powerful in what we do in communion when we recognize the bread and we recognize the blood and we know what it stands for. Amen? In Hebrews 10, 19, and 20, put, put that in up, uh, Billy. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. See, Jesus through his blood, we have a right to go in the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Thank God we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help in time of need. How come we can do that? Because of the what? Because of the what? The blood of Jesus. We have access to the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. No wonder several years ago they tried to yank all the hymnals that had the blood songs in it. No wonder they was trying to pull anything that had anything to do with the blood. Because where there's no, where there's not any shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And there was only one blood that could give eternal life, and that was the blood of Jesus, not by the blood of bulls or goats or, 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 or those type of things that it says in Hebrews chapter 9. The Bible says it was by the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. When the devil starts trying to remind you of your past, you just remind him of the shedding of the blood. Come on now. I'm telling the devil will try to pull you back down that old path of, of, of unforgiveness and, and, and sin and such as that. You say, hold on, that has already all been washed. I'm clean. Glory be to God. You say, I don't feel clean. It don't matter how you whether you feel clean or not. We're not going by feelings. You are according to the word of God. People will say, well, I don't feel worthy enough to go pray to God. Well, you may not feel like it, but you are because the blood bought you, paid for you, purchased that price. You can go right into the throne room of God and say, hello, daddy. You want to call him daddy? I still call him father. He's father. That's a respectful word. In fact, the Bible says you ought not call no man father. That's restored for our heavenly father. Amen. And so I see pit Christians all the time walk around and say, I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. Honey, you might not have been worthy, but he made you worthy. Man, if he could save Mike Masters, he can save anybody. Make him right. Come on now, if he can save me, he can save anything. I'm telling you something, the blood of Jesus has power. Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcome him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. Did you know we do? We have the same power in that blood? Thank God for the blood. I said, thank God for the blood. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 10. Verse 16. Amplified, Billy. Verse 16. We're, we're getting get ready to take communion. It says, The cup of blessing of wine at the Lord's Supper upon which we ask God's blessing, does it not mean that in drinking it we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion in the blood of Christ the Messiah? The bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion in the body of Christ? He said we're literally, by drinking the, uh, the, the cup, the, we, we have grape juice here. By, uh, we, 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 you know, I, way back when we used to, when we was at Living Word Church, we did real wine. And, uh, you know, we just assume you should do it that way. And, uh, but you know, how many knows if you let a bottle of wine sit a long, long time, it gets strong? And our only problem was our nursery lady started drinking it all, and we had to 
kind of get rid of that. That's the only way she could deal with our kids, I guess. I don't know. But what we use, it represents, it says this, we're participating in a fellowship and communion with Jesus. When we eat the bread and, and we drink the cup, he said we're participating in fellowshipping with God. And listen, it's so important that we understand what communion is because I'm, 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 I'm not in this church because we've done communion so much. Uh, you know, uh, we do it. We did it, like I say, for years, every Wednesday night we did communion. If you've been here, you know, for years we did it every Wednesday night and took communion. And the thing about it is, it's always special. I said it's always special. It's a special time. Most of you probably knew we were going to do communion today, and you're here knowing that we're going to uh, take communion. And I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to, I'm going to read some of this and, and before we take communion. It says in verse 17 in the New Living Translation, uh, not New Living Translation, the New King James Version, now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come. Now, Paul writing this letter, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry and others drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Now listen, he's talking about when they go to church for communion, obviously they were, they were coming because they had bread. They broke bread and stuff like that. And they were just grabbing it and probably eating it and devouring it with no respect of what it was actually representing. He says, you're dishonoring the Lord's Supper because of not the reverence that you have for what we're doing. And so we got to understand this is a very reverential, uh, uh, a very respectful time that we take communion. I know we know this here, but we got to see why Paul was writing some of these things is because of their attitude to it, towards it. It was wrong. For Paul wrote in verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Now, Paul was not in the upper room when they took communion. Jesus showed up to him and showed him, this is very important. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. He said, listen, is there, when you do that, you're declaring Jesus is coming back. You're thanking God for what He did through His death, through His burial, through His resurrection. You're thanking God for the blood that was shed and poured out of Jesus' body and now before the mercy seat of God. We look at all those things and we think, listen, this is, I always say it like this, this is a meal that heals. This is a meal that will bring deliverance in your body and in your life. When you take it with the right heart and the right attitude, with reverence unto God and what He's done and what Jesus did. And that's what Paul was trying to explain to them. Listen, this is a time of reverence. 
We call it holy communion. This is a holy time of fellowship and communion with God, with Jesus, as we take of the elements of the uh, of the communion table, which is the bread. We do a cracker and we do grape juice. And when we take that, it, it, it represents what Jesus did. Making us aware and looking forward to His soon return. Verse 27, he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That word unworthy means irreverent. Not reverence in it. Thank God we reverence the blood of Jesus in this house. And we reverence the, the communion of the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and the Father. We'll be guilty of the blood and body of the Lord But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we may not condemn, be condemned with the world. Now listen, when he says examine yourself, what... I know, I know there's things we might need to get right in our lives and such, but listen, he's telling us that what you need to do is make sure you're doing this reverently, reverently. Reverently when you take it. Honoring what Jesus did. Honoring he, him laying his life down, hanging on a cross. All the things he did. Honor that. Let that be a very respectful time that we take communion in the house of God. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, there may be things we, some people, I've, I've been in church before where people wouldn't take communion because they didn't feel like, they felt like something may be wrong in their life or something like that and such as that. And eventually they would start taking communion and such as that. Did you know it only takes a word to get right with God? You know, to get right with God is simply saying, I'm sorry if there's anything in hindrance there. I'm sorry. I repent. Forgive me. Is that hard? That's the simplest thing you can do. People live their lives in bondage for years because they don't realize the forgiving power of our God and of the blood that washes and cleanses. And so there'll be that gnawing on the, in the back of their mind saying, you ain't worthy of this. You can't do this. You better not take it. You take that communion, you're going to die. Anybody ever, y'all don't raise your hand. Well, you know that ain't God. I, you know I haven't had a communion service yet where we had to carry anybody out. Will that help you? <laughs> we don't keep an ambulance out there or a hearse out there during communion. Because we reverence this time. And we've been washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. And I want to ask you to close your eyes, bow your head, and, and if you're not right with God, or you don't, have, don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, why don't we just do that and get this right right now? I mean, all you got to do is ask Jesus in your heart, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again. The Bible says you'd be saved. In other words, that blood would just wash you clean. It'd just wash you clean. If you'd like to be born again, if you'd raise your hand, we'd like to pray for you. Anybody? Everybody's born again. We'll praise the Lord. Well, there's no reason any of us should not be able to partake of communion today. And I'm telling you, honor, reverence, a meal that heals. I'm believing that when you partake of this communion, something's going to happen in your body. You're to believe that. If you're dealing with physical issues in your body today, you're to, you, when you take that bread, Jesus said, uh, the bread is healing. The healing bread. 
And when you drink of that blood or that juice that represents the blood, you just start to visualize it just flowing through your body and cleansing everything inside you. Hallelujah. Actually, says, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. As often as you do it. Well, we're definitely remembering all that Jesus has done today. Amen. Thank you.